0: Hello, friend. Hello, friend. That's lame. Maybe I should give you a name. Maybe I should give you a name. What I'm about to tell you is top secret. The Coffee Clatch Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Coffee Clatch crew, Mr. Robot episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino.
2: I'm Christina Lomangino.
1: And this week, we try to defrag episode 409, Conflict.
2: F Society faces off against Deus Group. Finally, IMDb is giving this a 9.9 and Rotten Tomatoes a 100%. The critics say Mr. Robot is not a show that traffics in easy catharsis. Seemingly every time Elliot and his allies, whether they exist only in his head or are flesh and blood, win a battle against their ultra-rich adversaries, defeat is snatched from the jaws of victory so we get a moment to enjoy seemingly Seemingly. taking down Deus group by hacking into cyprus national bank but as we've conjectured before we don't think this is really going to do it right we're probably going to face problems in the next episode it's definitely crippling to white rose we see her reaction this does hurt but will it stop the project from continuing is the real question
1: Yeah, at this point, it's hard to believe that that's the end of White Rose, that she's arrested now and the story moves forward without her.
2: I don't think so either. But even if she does go away, this machine is still out there somewhere. Price, at the beginning of the episode, knowing this is going to be his end, he knows he's going to die, makes this effort to go see Elliot and tell him, I have one last favor. You have to destroy her project. You have to get rid of it. He knows it's a threat, even though he doesn't really seem to believe it can do what White Rose thinks it can do. And we'll get into that later on. He's still worried about it. Why would he be? Is there something inherently dangerous about it? Or is there an inkling in him somewhere that it could be true?
1: Can I give you a wild conjecture?
2: About the machine?
1: Yes, in regard to the machine and White Rose. Sure. So we saw White Rose getting into her favorite outfit or her favorite form. And we hear the police coming. We hear the gunshots, which is the dark army versus the cops. What if this is the ending ritual and she actually kills herself here? But then we see her again. She
2: thinks she's being brought back.
1: Yeah. Either she thinks or she is. And then we're like, oh my God, the machine's real.
2: (laughs) Well, something is going to happen with that. I don't want to get into spoiler territory because this pertains to the preview we saw, but we'll discuss that when we get into the spoiler section. But we have a lot of theories about that as well as our bomb of an opening scene where we'll discuss what we think is going on in that boardroom. First, let's give a little background. The origin of our title, Conflict, indicates that the request could not be processed because of conflict in the current state of the resource, such as an edit between multiple simultaneous updates.
1: Well, we do have simultaneous meetings, quote unquote. We have two going on, really. That's a conflict for Elliot and his sister.
2: You also have all of these members of the Deus group that are signing in using their security codes simultaneously, that Darlene has to download that information. It all has to be done so quickly so that nobody catches on before they're
1: able to get in there and initiate the transfers. Uh, You know, I want to bring that up. And I may be wrong here. So, Clatchers, don't chastise me if I am. But I was under the assumption that she just needed the system to send that code. She first just needed to gain access to all the phones. And just needed the system to send that code and her script would grab the code and push it through. Because I think it's less believable to think through all that's going on. They're trying to run to their cars. They got F society, people coming, closing in. They want to get the hell out of there. That they're all just pulling out their phones and putting in.
2: I'm not sure because they said two-factor authentication.
1: Right, but she's kind of bluffing it now that she has it, spoofing it.
2: I hear what you're saying, and it doesn't seem realistic. I actually thought that was a flaw of the episode, and I'm not positive. But you do see all of the people coming outside, checking their phones. I don't know if they just need to be in range, if they need to activate, because she is downloading these codes one at a time. You see the numbers cropping up, 99 out of 100.
1: That's what I mean. They had to be in range where she connected to the phones, and then those codes were sent. And since she's connected, she's able to pull them. Because if you remember, White Rose never puts in information. She just takes out the phone and sees the...
2: Yeah, but she's not initiating a transfer. So they were trying to initiate a transfer of funds from all of these people simultaneously.
1: And To initiate it, you need to put in that code.
2: Right. And they were saying that if one person catches on too soon, there's a bogus transfer happening. They're going to tell other people and that's going to stop it in its tracks. So I don't know. It's...
1: Clatchers are yelling at us right it now. Seems,
2: well, it seems a little improbable that they would actually be able to do this, is the point. I buy that White Rose has a lot of stuff going on right now, and maybe she's not fully grasping what's happening. This is a part of why they had to create all of that confusion with the meeting. It was definitely helpful. But coming back to our title, I also think there is definitely an underlying meaning here to the conflict of whatever we see in the opening scenes. It's not quite clear yet that we're going to get answers to later. We didn't have specifics about music this episode. I think it was another Mac Quail original type. But there was a user on Reddit, Colerai, maybe, who said the song at the end of this episode 409 was a remix of one of the Mac Quail songs from season two, episode 10, Hidden Process.
1: Wow, good memories.
2: And I would have no idea, but if that's the case, that's a great catch by this user, well, tracking our timeline, this episode takes place on Christmas Day, December 25th, beginning at 9 o'clock p.m. That was the start of our meeting. We're not really sure the time frame once we get all the way to the end. However, there is still that weird discrepancy with it being one day off of the actual 2015 timeline in real life. Here they say that it's occurring on Thursday, December 25th, but... That date in the year 2015 was on a Friday. But that's followed all the way through the entire show of Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. And there is another Back to the Future reference, this time from the third movie, when Mr. Robot says, why do we have to cut these things so damn close?
1: <laughs> I watched on YouTube this morning an old video that only went through seasons one through three of a person discussing all the time travel references. And it was insane.
2: hmm and people are kind of getting very frustrated with the sci-fi theorizing and the explanations. I think that could be twofold. Number one, because Sam Esmail came out and said it's not going to be hardcore sci-fi. But I go back to, what is the showrunner going to say? Yes, it is. Let me tell you all of the information. What is his interpretation of hard sci-fi versus any sci-fi? Well, and also, I-, I think that the fans, especially people podcasting, it can get a little frustrating if you don't Know the answer. If you have no good conjecture about what could be occurring or no good theories that feel plausible to you, sometimes it's easier to just say, it's not going to be that. It's going to be totally realistic.
1: I'm next to positive that we have said the theory only because we've said every theory we can think of.
2: Well, that's probably true. And I do believe it is going to be mainly based around Elliot, what's happening with him, what's going on in his mind. I'm fine with that. I've always wanted that to be the case. There's no denying that there is something strange going on with White Rose. This project is more than some simple realistic explanation. Now, if it actually does that and works, or White Rose just believes it does, who knows? That could go either way. But I don't think it's just technology that she's working on there. I mean, for goodness sake, she's talking about bringing people back to life Mm -hmm. and starting a new world. She clearly thinks it's something more.
1: Dumb question alert. Does White Rose have Diplomatic immunity, because then that would mean that she can't get arrested.
2: I'm not sure. I mean, she's pretty high up with her position in the government. Well, let's get into our synopsis because we're going to have more theorizing in a minute. We open up in that boardroom. Mr. Robot is walking through a door and then down a long hallway where everything is in blue lighting. And he goes through another door into the room where Magda and the boy are waiting from that same scene we saw a couple of episodes ago.
1: Right away, I'm already saying this episode is going to be dope.
2: Well, this is an amazing (laughs) scene here. Maybe the most interesting of the whole episode. And I'm just going to read out a little of what they say. Magda says, how is he, Mr. Robot? It's not going to happen today. No point in waiting now. Magda, you need to bring him here. Mr. Robot, I'm going to have to help him through this. Then the little boy... Maybe you should just tell him now about everything. Then Elliot will be okay. Now this starts off the first weird set of word phrasing that could just be play or it could mean something because he says, you should tell him now, then Elliot will be okay. Perhaps inferring that telling him is somebody different than telling Elliot.
1: It's so confusing because it could be either. Let's say I was talking to your mother and she wants to tell you something and I say, Well, perhaps you can tell her now and Christina will be okay. I don't
2: think you'd say it like that. You would either say you can tell Christina now, then she'll be okay. You would switch those or you would just use both. You can tell her now, then she'll be okay. Gotcha. It's almost a weird discrepancy. And I highlight that because then they continue to refer to he, he, he without saying Elliot again for the rest of this conversation. Magda says she thinks Robot has let this go on too long. He has encouraged the shenanigans. What are the shenanigans?
1: The hacks and everything, I believe.
2: Well, I don't know because he reluctantly agrees but says he never thought he'd take things this far.
1: There's nothing I can do now.
2: Just talk to him.
1: We have to finish his mission. Once the hack is done, maybe then I can get through to him. How
0: are you going to do that? I'm going to show him what he did. And if it doesn't work? (sighs) can't go on like this. Poor boy. We may lose him forever. God's sake, he hasn't woken up. That's since. not true. Darlene, she said they talked two months ago. He woke up for her, which means she might be the one who could help us.
2: So, firstly, robots gonna show him what he did. Assuming this is Elliot, what did he do?
1: I am not confident in this, but this is all going back to that day with the window. It has to.
2: Perhaps. Tell me what you think about that first.
1: Well, there's two things. One, if what I was saying a couple weeks ago in regards to Vera's bat he got for Christmas where he beat the crap out of the bully, Mm -hmm. maybe he did end up beating the crap out of his father. And his father did throw
2: him out the window. Elliot didn't jump. His father was trying to
1: protect himself and pushed him. Or... He beat the crap out of his father and then freaked out and jumped out the window. Mm. Or Mr. Robot took over and was like, we got to get out of here or something like that. That's the only thing I can say that he did, quote unquote.
2: Okay. So you haven't seen this yet, but I was thinking it and then saw other people theorizing about it. What if he killed his father? That might be it. Yeah, for sure. The scene in the movie theater where the father starts collapsing and he's just so blase about it. Mm-hmm. He's coughing and choking to death. We looked back on that after the revelation of his father abusing him. Elliot just doesn't care because his father was clearly a bad man. But Elliot still had affection for his father. He was forming the Mr. Robot persona, clearly, because he's talking to him in the movie theater, Mm -hmm. who was supposed to be hiding this information about the abuse from him. I think he would still have an emotional reaction to his father seemingly dying in front of him.
1: Sure. But let me go forward in order to go back to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Magda says, they may lose that poor boy forever. For God's sakes, he hasn't woken up since that scene in the movie theater might be the beginnings of his coma or his the things we'll go through later.
2: Yeah, don't give my theories away yet. The
1: things we go through later. And that's the way his mind is able to um, put himself at ease. I didn't kill him. He died in the movie theater of natural causes. Mm -hmm. But one last pretty good memory with Dad.
2: I think that it's very likely. I, I still don't think we've gotten all the information about the window scene Why does he initially remember his father pushing him and then, oh
1: no, he jumped? Because if his father pushed him, he remembers his father pushing him. It might not have been his father. It might have been Mr. Robot, who we know is a personification of his father, Mm -hmm. pushing him out the window to get out of there.
2: Right. But then we come over to this he jumped thing and we never go back to that. We still don't have it totally clear. Of course. It, It also doesn't really seem like Darlene knows about any of this, which I find very strange.
1: Unless, once again, we're still in Elliot's mind. Right.
2: Or it didn't happen the way we're being told it happened.
1: Of course. Yeah. If this is all Elliot's coma, of course she wouldn't know because Elliot doesn't know.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I'm feeling like him doing something to fight back against his father is a strong likelihood.
1: For sure. And, you know, I want to say, last week I flippantly said he's in a coma, blah, 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 and I was joking because we had discussed that years ago. And I really abandoned that.
2: You were arrogantly putting down any of my thoughts about anything like that. Let's just be serious. What if you still asleep this whole time, is what you said. (laughs) Let's go back to that one. (laughs) You are going to hate yourself (laughs) so hard. Now, okay, I don't really like that one. We'll come on to a couple of ideas that we have in a minute, but I can see how it might play out like that. I mean, he hasn't woken up since is a bizarre statement. There's definitely more to it, and we have a couple of things on that in a second. Darlene talked to him two months ago. He woke up for her. So that's going to be meaningful as well, and trying to track when that might have happened within the Mr. Robot universe. Have we seen any of this? When did it initiate? And also thinking about the comment we brought up last time about Angela telling him, you were only born a month ago. Yeah. This version of Elliot, whatever that might be, it all seems to be connecting
1: Yes. The initial theory I had in my head while we were watching it was that this was to mess with our brains. Sam was messing with, with us again. And they actually were just talking about him waking up to the truths. And two months ago, his sister Darlene was able to wake him up. That was the scene where he confesses his love to Darlene. And she says, you're my brother. You've done this before. And that, you know, he's a little more woken up at that point.
2: Yeah, I don't think Magda would say we'd lose that poor boy forever Yeah, o- over something like that. It doesn't seem she cared too much about her kids at all. And I, I still think there's more to that story, too. There's a reason why we've seen so little Magda throughout this entire thing. There's, There's going to be some reveal happening there. Yeah. But she hasn't shown a lot of affection. And now she's talking about this boy <laughs> in such a caring manner. Why is that? So... First, I'm going to give you a theory that one of our Clatchers sent to us. And then we'll bring up, Jason, what you and I think. Ian wrote in to share his first Reddit post with us that contains his big theory about all of this. He's calling it the grand theory of Elliot. So it is very lengthy. I'm not going to be able to read all of this out. I would encourage if you're interested to go over to Reddit and check out the full posting. But Ian says that Elliot's journey is parallel to the movie Total Recall. He also wants to put it out there initially that he does not support the theory that this show is sci-fi in any way. He says, while I might have entertained these flights of fancy in previous seasons, this season more than any other has illustrated to me this show is all about one thing, Elliot. Elliot Prime, as he's calling the mean Elliot, the one who has been sleeping but woke up for Darlene, set this whole thing into motion. He may or may not already know about the abuse he suffered. He does know Mr. Robot, his mother, and his younger self exist, knows them well considering he created them in the first place. At some point, Elliot found out about White Rose, her project, all of it. So he comes up with a plan. Knowing that he isn't that good of an actor, he decides the best way to get around this problem is to wipe his memory entirely, replacing certain memories with fabrications to fill in what would otherwise be gaps, sometimes giving new Elliot his own memories, but holding back the ones he deems dangerous knowledge, such as Deus Group, Washington Township, etc. Elliot prepares for sleep. He tells Mr. Robot the parts of the plan he deems pertinent and instructs him to shepherd this new Elliot, who knows nothing about his alters or his real past, through 5-9 and what they had planned coming after that. And this goes on, but basically it sounds like unless I'm misinterpreting from Ian's theory, that he almost facilitated giving himself dissociative identity disorder, put a prime part of his personality to sleep, and brought these other alters out who had selective memory to go through with the 5-9 hack. This way, White Rose would not be able to sniff out the true information that he has buried in his own mind. I see why he is creating this theory, because it does seem to be a lot more psychological reasoning as opposed to sci-fi explanations happening. So people are trying to figure out how that could fit in. I always say, how does that play into White Rose and her project? How does Elliot fit into all of that? Now, this is really great, well thought out. There's a lot more to it, as I said, that you can check out on his Reddit post. But there's a couple of issues the way I see it. And Jason, tell me what you think. Firstly, unless there is a sci-fi explanation as to how he's doing this, It's not really possible to kind of create DID, to to give yourself DID, to put your prime personality to sleep and create these alters who have a certain portion of memory. There's parts of that maybe you could do through hypnosis, but there's also ways to pull that back out and it, it wouldn't really work unless there was an actual trauma and DID just came about naturally. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yes, you wouldn't be in control of that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. If there was... Because I'd put myself to sleep every time I had to go to work. <laughs> and every time I had you to But would, drive- you
2: wouldn't really be able to do that. Um, we had talked about with, with true dissociative identity disorder, there is a host personality, the primary or birth personality, that tends to get pushed to the side a lot, out of the light, if you will. It remains kind of dormant while other alters take control. They tend to be more depressed, more masochistic. And we had wondered if that's Elliot himself. But let's talk about some of our own theories. And some of them are not related to sci-fi. They could just be happening in the same manner. The first one you already brought up, maybe Elliot is in a coma.
1: Yes. Now, again, we haven't been thinking about that for a while. We let that go. Mm -hmm. This episode and uh, maybe a little bit of last episode is lending to it at this point Next week, we might abandon that as well. But that's the fun of it. If that's the case, then White Rose's machine is actually a way to get out of the coma, a way to actually wake Wake up up. the body. Mm. And when you do, your best friend's there, Angela. Everyone who died in your sleep is alive.
2: So it's just a medical device, which is great. That's no sci-fi there. It's just some extremely advanced technology.
1: Uh, No, I was thinking more... In regards to his subconscious, it's obviously nothing's real. It's not a real device, but it's the the, the light to wake up.
2: Oh, I think it actually could be maybe some new groundbreaking scientific technology that could help wake someone up from a coma, stimulate brain waves or patterns or activity or something.
1: So White Rose is... A doctor? A doctor. And there's two. There's a male and a female. Mm. And that's why White Rose is sometimes a male and a female. Okay. Could be. Don't slam me for saying that, people. Male, female. No, I gotten yelled at. I think this
2: is good if we're going to go on the straight scientific track. It could have been Elliot's fall as a child from the window. He hasn't woken up since Mm -hmm. the fall, which maybe is many many years, or maybe as an adult, it was drug related. It was some kind of overdose something that we've seen jumbled around in the memories of Elliot's mind. But that's all straight physiological. Let's go to the psychological, still well within the realm of reality. Theory number two, Elliot is in a catatonic state. He's at some type of psychiatric hospital, and he's awake, but he's not really awake.
1: That could be true as well. And I think that would, um, I think, look, we read in the past that some people are over the, you know, you were dreaming the whole time. That would be like a nice sidestep. Where I don't think as many people would be angry. First of all, I wouldn't be angry. Well, you know that. It's Um,
2: not a dream. It's not a dream. Elliot's trapped within his own brain.
1: And he's in a psych ward. Mm -hmm. And White Rose is um, his roommate or something.
2: Or his psychiatrist.
1: Or his psychiatrist. Mm, Maybe. No, I think his psychiatrist is his psychiatrist. Krista. Yeah.
2: Okay. There's a lot of ways that can go. This is almost like double inception because he had thought he was in a psych hospital. Then the reality was revealed. He was lying to us. He was in jail.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But maybe a double play. He's not. Waking up then means being able to come back to the world, not not being trapped inside of his brain, unable to really respond to everything that's happening.
1: If theory number two was it, this scene with Elliot's mother, Mr. Robot, And Elliot as a kid or this kid, uh, would be the waiting room and Elliot's father, which would be Mr. Robot is coming in and she's like, I don't know why you've been playing this game with him. Maybe he's been feeding into it when he, when they go meet Elliot and his psychosis kind of, he's feeding it thinking this will help him. And the mother is like, we need to let him know this isn't the real world or whatever.
2: You're taking that to mean more schizophrenic, that he's in a psychotic state, which could be, I was suggesting catatonic, where oh, he's right. literally non responsive. Okay. But maybe there's a way he is perpetuating or enabling that as well. I could see that either one of these unfolding where everything we just heard makes sense, or back to the physiological one, we, we could lose him. Is there a chance of taking him off life support? Like there's a lot of details that could fit in that I don't mind yeah from either of those,
1: this is probably obvious, but I want to say when I'm saying they're in a waiting room, I'm not saying the waiting room looks like that room. well, no.
2: <laughs> no that's
1: just the personification <laughs> of it, yeah, they're in a regular psych ward waiting room mm-hmm. originally and this is what I think now when I was watching that scene is that's his mind that's his brain, and that's a room that he created inside of his brain
2: well, and it could be a mix of the two we've seen things like this in other movies where the A person is there, but unconscious in whatever state, and so they're getting pieces of interpretation, but their brain is now melding that into something different. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have two more. Theory number three. It's not a
1: tumor. No, I don't believe that.
2: (laughs) Theory number three is not sci-fi, but it is starting to get a little more out there. We brought it up this season for the first time. Elliot is in limbo. He's in purgatory. He has died at some point in what we've seen, Okay. From an overdose or whatever else. And the fate of his soul now lies in the balance. I don't think Mr. Robot would go spiritual or existential that way. It has not felt that that's the case this entire time. But you could look at White Rose now as judge, jury, and executioner. Does he go on? What happens to him? Does he get to see the people that he's lost if he finds his way to some kind of afterlife versus staying stuck here?
1: The Dark Army masks could be demon masks.
2: Lost souls?
1: Well, no, because the Dark Army is out to get him, right? So they're the demons from hell. Okay. Out to get him.
2: Trying to get him.
1: Jeez, we're going everywhere. Well, I mean,
2: <laughs> so we brought this up because there was a lot of talk about existential plays and books, titles, really throughout the course of Mr. Robot, but there was a couple of prime examples this season with things that we saw. And that could just be something that Sam S. is playing with. But if we're going to run through the gamut, we got to list that on there. Finally, theory number four, and this goes to the sci-fi, but nothing crazy, not particle accelerators or actual time travel. Again, we've talked about it earlier this season. Elliot is asleep in the sense that he's in a simulation. The real Elliot, his body is there, kind of how we see with Black Mirror. I think we, we made that analogy when we brought it up the first time that the person puts the chip into their head and then they kind of slump over in their chair and their mm-hmm. actual body is out while their mind is off running through a simulation. Again,
1: like Matrix. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and White Rose is the the creator or the curator of this... Hardware, software.
2: Yeah, that could be groundbreaking depending on what she's intending to do with it. Is it a black mirror type of situation where people are able to upload their consciousness before they die so you get to see them again? When you go into this virtual reality, it's a San Junipero and you can be with them again. It's a better world than the world we're living in. White Rose wanted to create something that wasn't like this place. So she got a bunch of rich people together to fund a new technology where Mm. you could make a real-life San Junipero.
1: I like them all. I really do. And I hope the Clatchers are enjoying this, too. This is what's fun for us. Chances are none of them are right, but it was fun talking about it. Sam Esmel, I know you're listening. What do you think about those?
2: He's again going to say you just talked about 50 different things. (laughs) I think right now I'm favoring (laughs) the psychological because, of course, I am. With him being an institution, but the simulation ticks a lot of boxes. It does, yeah. When you really start to think about it. Any of these make me excited to keep thinking about where we could be going with the rest of the season. That being said, I'm sorry we got off on a tangent. Let's get back to our synopsis.
1: This episode is going to be a lot longer than our last (laughs) (laughs) one.
2: I apologize for that. Let's go into the actual happenings of the Deus meeting. The episode proper opens up with Mr. Robot going to see Darlene. He talks to us, the viewer. I know you weren't expecting me, but I'm here for Elliot, same as you. What can you expect after what happened? Life throws you an error code like that. What are you supposed to do? Move on without answers or stay down and drive yourself crazy with questions? That's where Elliot is, mired in questions. And that's why I'm here.
1: Right away, I was thinking about our last episode when we were saying, maybe Mr. Robot has to take over for a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. It feels very true to form. We said Elliot's going to need a little bit of time to recuperate
1: from this. We know that if Elliot has a choice, and we learned this from episode one, season one, if he has a choice, he won't go through with it. Mr. Robot has to take over, get the wheels moving, and then Elliot is ready to jump in.
2: Well, Darlene tells him the dais members should be arriving soon. When she interrogates him on where he's been, he says things went a little sideways cut him some slack. Realizing it's Mr. Robot in control, she asks why he's here and where Elliot is. Robot replies that he just can't right now. Elliot needs to be the one to tell her about all of this when he's ready. It's then that Price shows up with his last favor of destroying White Rose's machine. He gives him a drive that has everything he needs to know about the project. Can't wait to see what's on that. Robot wonders why it will be important after she's destroyed tonight, I think clearly because she won't be. And Price says it's because it's what Angela wanted, so he promises. He also reminds Price to keep everyone at the meeting until they can get the numbers. And Robot narrates as the camera follows Price up to the building. He says in order to rob the dais group, they need to get access to transfer funds from Cypress National Bank. They need all the phone numbers, here we go, so they can match each to the corresponding account numbers and initiate a transfer. That will initiate a security 2FA code sent to each member's phone. Darlene will then run a script to grab all the codes and make her own transfer first.
1: So they're initiating it.
2: Well, so they have to first get the phone number because they have all of the account numbers from Cypress National Bank. Then they can link each one up to know who each
1: person is matched up to their account number. There you go. So I think I was right there because then they'll grab all the codes and make their, her own transfers first. There you go. Boom! Pistorina was right.
2: (laughs) But after Price leaves, Darlene admits to being shocked that Angela never told her Price was her father. Now, we started off this scene with Mr. Robot saying he's not going to tell Darlene any of what happened. Yeah. And he doesn't about Elliot's past. But at some point that we don't see, he does fill her in on what happened with Price.
1: Yes. So uh, I had a few things. One, Darlene doesn't know anything and she doesn't remember anything either. And I think that's very important to realize. So when we think Darlene's also not telling Elliot anything, no, I don't think she knows mm-hmm. much either. But also, in the same regard, she was just tied up, was going to die. She just saw Dom almost die. <laughs> and she doesn't tell Elliot slash Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. So I know. There's, no, there's a lot of not uh, But telling. they have
2: time to talk about like, oh, but by the way, Price is actually Angela's father. It's it's bizarre What is versus isn't being talked about in this moment of we just need to get down to business. Mm -hmm. You'd think then they wouldn't be talking about anything at all. And I also think there's a reason we weren't shown that conversation on screen. Of
1: course. Yeah. But I don't mind it. I hope it didn't sound like I mind it. I think this friction between them is very in line with all of the seasons and all of this and all of the scenes with Mr. Robot and Darlene, Elliot and Darlene. There's always that little bit of friction.
2: Well, she doesn't like when Mr. Robot comes out because it means there's a problem going on with Elliot that he's not able to to come out and function. Looking out the window, Robot then thinks something's not right. No one's gone in or out of the building except Price, and Darlene wonders if they're onto them. Next, we move inside, and we see Price finds White Rose sitting in a table set out in the middle of a large
1: room. First of all, how beautiful were these scenes? Price walking up to that building, the way it went from above Price and then panned as he walked forward to see the big building. And then he walks in and there's this vast room. I just love that about But That reminds me, Christina, remember we were talking about in the earlier seasons how Sam Esmel would always play with the corners. So the character who's supposed to be the focal point of that scene will be in the corners. Well, he did that again during this meeting, and I, I forgot to bring this up, during uh, this quote-unquote meeting with Elliot's mother, Mr. Robot, and the child. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? It was all corners. It was all drastic corners. It was yeah, amazing. but I
2: didn't see who was in which
1: corner. The kid was in the bottom right. Magda and Mr. Robot were in the left whenever the, they were on scene, on screen.
2: So the parents are in the past, Elliot's in the future.
1: Ooh, okay. Okay.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, back to Price. When he asks what's going on, White Rose thinks he couldn't just leave it alone, could he? She was planning to let him live into retirement. But after his abrupt resignation and Elliot's disappearance, it wasn't hard to figure out they were working together. She offers him one last ultimatum. If he tells her the plan, her men will inject him with mitotoxin, which, by the way, is an extremely powerful toxin usually found in snake venom. If that happens, I'll die peacefully in his sleep, and it will look like a heart attack. Otherwise, things will end more painfully.
1: Now, this would normally work, but Price was prepared to die once he digested the fact that his daughter was killed, and he realized what he needs to do next, and he went and talked to Elliot. That was it. He was ready to die. So when he walked in, he saw he was the only one there. He said to himself, this is it. Mm -hmm. Now all I have to do is stall So that Elliot can get done what he needs to. Long enough.
2: But White Rose doesn't know that.
1: Of course. Yet. So when you see the scenes with, (laughs) I love this. We're used to seeing White Rose in control. Now White Rose is also used to seeing White Rose in control. So the view of White Rose when she's talking is very confident. But then the view of Price is very confident as well. At first, you're like, oh, it's just two powerful people talking. But the reality is, Price knows he's in control because he doesn't give a shit if he dies or how he dies. He's already made peace with that. So instead, he's going to drink, enjoy his last moments, get drunk for the last time.
2: He is so funny. Michael Christopher acting amazing in these scenes. I mean, truly enjoyable. Price is on our vote for MVH this episode. We'll get to that later. I've been toying around with the idea just because it's phenomenally entertaining. But we're going to take a time out from them for one second to go back to Darlene and Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot thinks if the group doesn't show, everything they've been working on will be a fail. They're starting to get concerned now. Why isn't anybody going into this building? He thinks if Elliot were here, what would he do? He would look for abnormalities or conflicts. There's that word. If White Rose thought something was up, she would have told the other members so he checks to see if Tyrell received notice with the information Elliot saved about his phone and credentials. Seeing what he's up to, Darlene goes to Tyrell's calendar and finds the message, Venue change for this evening. Cipriani on Broadway. She's ready to head out, but Robot realizes Price didn't know about the change. If they're just planning to kill him, why the heavy security detail? It must be to protect White Rose. I mean... Duh that she's there. I don't understand what the big reveal is here. Yeah. The bottom line is that Mr. Robot's going to stay to get White Rose's number. Otherwise, the plan is pointless. And Darlene's going to go on ahead to continue with their original plan. Meanwhile, realizing that White Rose does not know Tyrell won't be showing up to this meeting, Price tells him,
0: When they realize that Tyrell Wellick, your guest of honor and the sole purpose for the meeting... Will not be in attendance.
2: This is the first moment that Price manages to shake White Rose.
1: In the show, they sat on White Rose's face with the cocky smile as she's saying that. And then they go to Price as he he says that. Then they go back to White Rose and you see the panic start to unfold.
2: It clearly shakes her. She asks, her assistant, I haven't known her name the entire time we've been talking about this. I just found out it's Wang Shu, so now we can actually refer, her to, refer to her that way. She goes and verifies. Nobody knows where Tyrell is. Price says he doesn't know either. He could be dead. Or he did mention he wanted to travel the Southwest in a mm-hmm. 69 El Camino. Wang Shu says she knows this is Elliot, right? She tried to tell White Rose they should delay, they should find another way. But White Rose needs this shipping hack. Delays are out of the question. She is not willing to compromise at this point. So fed up, Wang Shu says, he's beaten you. You lost today. We can fight back tomorrow, but we need to leave and warn the dais group before this gets worse. If you won't listen to reason, then I'm done. And with that, she walks out. Price, chuffing and getting drunk in the corner, says, this is bad management. When your best employees either walk off the job or blow their brains out. Oh, Price. Now, a little bit bizarre. We've seen White Rose with her previous second in command who was willing to die for this cause. Yeah. And White Rose would not really deal with any... Talk back. ...questioning or insolence. I don't know what's different about Wang Shu, and I've been thinking about that all season because she seems to really be able to say what she wants, and now to the point of walking out, telling White Rose she's wrong. Clearly, White Rose should have listened because it is going to go bad from this point. I'm just surprised that...
1: Well, maybe it's the fact that White Rose, for the first time in a long time has more doubts than ever. So she's allowing, subconsciously, uh, allowing more talk back because she's not as affirmative in her thoughts.
2: She's considering the possibility. You would think she would react more strongly even to that, aggressively, trying to shut that down. As far as we know, that is the end of the story with Wang Shu. She just walks out.
1: Uh, As far as we know right now. Yeah, it could be. That's how White Rose gets out, maybe.
2: She sent someone.
1: Who knows? Yeah
2: this podcast is brought to you by audible it's the time of year when everyone is running around getting thoughtful gifts for the people they care about why not think about giving yourself the gift of an audible membership it's the best time to join with a special offer of 53 percent off your first three months audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment including bestsellers motivational news comedy and more Audible keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained.
1: With a convenient Audible app, you can listen anytime, anywhere, on any device. iPhone, iPad, Android, Windows phone. You can listen in the gym, In the car, doing dishes, anytime you can't read, you can listen with Audible. You can even switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. Not to mention sleep timer before you fall asleep and so much more.
2: I love that. There are so many features. I often listen as I'm falling asleep.
1: With me, I don't need Audible to fall asleep. I just listen to you.
2: (laughs) Oh, very funny. They have speed control so you can listen faster or slower. Whisper Sync for voice, which is great. You can switch back and forth between listening on Audible and reading, let's say, on your Kindle. And the selection is truly incredible. We would encourage you listeners, if you're getting ready for The Magicians, to listen to the audiobooks. All three of them by Lev Grossman are on there, narrated by Mark Bramhall. Or if you're following our Stephen King coverage, you can check out Dr. Sleep and, of course, The Shining. Every month, you choose three titles— One audiobook, regardless of price, as well as two Audible originals. And Audible has a great listen guarantee. If you don't like your book, you can easily exchange it. Plus, members also get 30% off all regularly priced audiobooks. And you own your
1: audiobooks.
2: You keep your library forever, even if you decide to cancel.
1: Another feature is called Send This Book where you can share an audiobook from your library with anyone. And if it's their first time accepting through this feature, they can listen free.
2: As we mentioned, right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just six ninety five a month. That's more than half off the regular price. And you still choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Just visit audible.com forward slash CKC or text CKC to 500, 500 and start listening today.
1: It's that easy. Go to audible.com forward slash CKC or text CKC to 500, 500 Support us by supporting them.
2: While this is happening, Darlene gets to the new venue and sees the tight security. Even at the back entrance, a server is told, that area is off-limits tonight and the doors are being locked. Inside, the members talk and eat. Upset that they're being gathered on Christmas, we get glimpses of some such as the back of a figure that clearly seems to be Trump.
1: Absolutely. And we were wondering that. We've followed Sam Esmel for years now on Twitter. And when it's off season, the tweets you see from Sam Esmel is negative towards Trump. To put it lightly, he does not like Trump. So for him to be able to put him down in his own story, make him bankrupt.
2: Well, and there's mentions to others who we will talk about the possible real-life counterparts, in our closer look later on. But it's then Darlene sees a building under construction directly across from Cipriani's. It has that shift plus control poster for the fictional television show In Universe. And on her way, she enters a costume shop and finds an F Society mask.
1: This excited me because I thought that was done. I was willing to have it done for the story's sake, but I did miss it in the back of my mind. I missed that part of the story. I thought that was... The energizing part. So to have them back really felt good. Um, before we move forward, during college, I worked at a wedding hall and I was a server. So no matter who your guests are, and we've had rich people out here in New York, we don't give a shit. It's another day at work. I need my smoke break. I would be <laughs> you know? so
2: pissed if I was this
1: woman. So watching them as soon as you- just you- let me
2: have it and then I'll go back inside?
1: So watching them, you, you see there's all the, the hoopla and everything. First of all, uh, mini hamburgers? No. We don't serve those to the top of the top. Well, they the want chain. what they want. I guess Man, so. I want yeah. a slider on Christmas. We never, we never did sliders. <laughs> and then you go into the back and it's a whole new world. Just doing your job. Who cares who's out there? Let's just get it done. Uh, it, it felt so real to me.
2: Well, and I feel like perhaps this was obvious, but at that point I thought for sure that Darlene was going to fake her way in there as a server. As a
1: server. That's what I was thinking too.
2: But we see she's got other ideas. And they're about to come to light. In our meeting of two, White Rose picks up Price's ringing phone and tells Elliot he wants to talk in person. It's still Mr. Robot at this point. He's flatly refusing when White Rose makes a proposal. You stop what you're planning and I will give you information that will prove valuable to you. It's about your friend, Angela. You think she's dead, but she's not. You believe what most people believe, only what's right in front of you. I expected more of you. Angela's alive, and if you allow me, I can take you to her. At this point, listening to the speech, Elliot returns.
1: This is when Elliot can come into action. The wheels are in motion, and now he has no choice but to go through with it. Let's be honest, we saw Mr. Robot was like, what would Elliot do? What would Elliot do? Because Elliot is the brain of all this.
2: I like your take on that, and I definitely think that's partially true. I interpreted this as Elliot came back because he mentioned Angela.
1: No, of course. Yes. But that was like, everything's now moving.
2: Yeah. That That was was the motivation. Yeah. White Rose continues, I know you have regrets and pain. I know there are things in your life you wish were different. I can show you how you can reset, interesting, (laughs) and live in a world you deserve without the pain you carry, without your past. Let me show you that world. We don't need to fight anymore. Let's make peace like we were always meant to do. Tempting. But Elliot reflects that before White Rose killed Angela, she used her and turned her into someone else. Elliot isn't the one who needs help now.
1: Did you think for a moment that he was going to acquiesce?
2: Of course. Me too. Because he wants that. He obviously does.
1: Who saves him, though? His sister.
2: As always.
1: Turn on the TV. As
2: ever. And that's when White Rose sees the message The latest F Society video. Darlene's disguised voice announces F Society is rising from the ashes to give everyone a real Christmas miracle. They are revealing the true nemesis, a secret club running the world called the Deus Group, a clandestine collection of the most powerful people. While most people don't know about them because they work to keep it that way, tonight they will be revealed. To understand their reach and see the crimes they're responsible for, people are encouraged at this point to click below and see their personal files. She's going back to old school, hacking days, what F Society was about. Love it. She also says, for anyone that wants to meet the deus group in person, well, they can come see them right now. This is not a warning. It's the beginning of the end. We are F Society.
1: Darlene thinking fast. So
2: going back to their roots, I mean, there isn't this large group of people, if you could call it large in the past, working on this. But there still is their banner, their mission, what they were about from the beginning.
1: I'd like to say there aren't people who are dressing up as F Society, but there's still those people around who did dress up, who did believe in it, and are just waiting for a reason to join up again.
2: Well, look, a bunch of regular folk show up Mm -hmm. to that location to see the Deus group later on. Darlene calls Elliot, saying she hopes the video will smoke them out. Elliot tells Darlene he talked to White Rose, but still doesn't have her number. Realizing it's actually him, Darlene tells Elliot she's glad he's back. And Elliot comes up with a plan to use the cell tower across the way to get the number. While he's fishing telecom employees, Darlene is posted at a window opposite the garage, where things are becoming a mess as drivers demand to leave and collect their charges. But the attendant can't seem to lower that gate because Darlene rigged it.
1: See, this is beautiful. There's so many things going on. It's finally back in the control of the hackers. They're able to utilize their strengths to gain control. So let's step back and let's talk about Elliot. He sees the cell tower. So you're probably wondering, well, what is he going to do? Hack into the cell tower? Basically, what he's going to become is the middleman. So let me give you a dumbed down version. Your cell phone is constantly reaching out saying, hey, hey, I need communication. Cell towers are constantly reaching down saying, hey, we are the communication. And the cell phone is going to take the strengths. So there's echoes of many towers. And it's going to say, you are the strongest. You are the closest. I'm going to connect to you. So all Elliot has to do is make a stronger signal than the actual tower that's there. So that's what he does. In theory, White Rose's phone first connects to him. He acts as the cell tower. Hey, hey, I'm here. I'm stronger. Phone says, yep, you're better.
2: Oh, I thought he actually took that thing because he was posing as a telecom employee. He was fishing for a log in there so that he could steal the information once White Rose's phone pinged off that tower?
1: But he wouldn't be able to get the ping off the tower. First, he had to be the tower. Okay. So what he acted as a middleman, obviously he's not a tower, so he is a filtration, gets the information he wants, and pushes it to the tower to do the job. Mm -hmm. So I hope that makes sense.
2: Well, yeah, and we're going to see it work, so it was a good plan. This is also very smart. Going back to the social engineering, it's normally about figuring out info on people so that F Society, Elliot, and Darlene know how to get to them to expose their weakness. Right now, it's just the psychology of people. All of these members of the meeting are trying to leave. They have all of their drivers stuck in the garage knowing that they have to get out. They're on the <laughs> clock being paid. They're starting to freak They're out. They're freaking out. You're going to cause this mob mentality where you're backing up the system.
1: We can only imagine you're dealing with the strongest, most powerful people. Any mess up, they'll just Get rid of you and find someone new.
2: Well, and this leaves the members exactly where they hoped, exiting out that back entrance, all with phones in hand, so that Darlene's able to go there right by that gate where the others are gathering en masse so that she can disguise herself. It probably wouldn't have worked otherwise. She's hiding in the crowd.
1: And the crowd is also acting as a uh, deterrent for them to leave. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: They're stuck in between the two gates. They're waiting for their cars, of course, all with phones in hand, and she's able to intercept the numbers. We can see White Rose trying to placate some of them, calling them. That's not working. And in fact, Arlene is able to get nearly every number. She's almost ready to go, but Elliot tells her he's still working on access until he finally gets a hit while he was fishing and using the fake sign-in.
1: Right, so the reason why he had to sign on to the telecom Is because now he's acting as a cell tower, so he's getting many phones. So he's got to find out which one is White Rose.
2: What's interesting about that, though, his login, E. Murabati, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, is an E-Corp agent. Ah. A name that we've seen before. So he gets it, and he sends all the numbers that he retrieves to Darlene, because she has to cross-reference them to figure out what's the right one. Darlene really... Doing all the legwork here, she's still collecting the numbers from the people outside while she's matching up these other numbers. And White Rose is freaking out now. Anxiously pacing the room, she yells at the men to bring the car. Price tells her he believes Mr. Alderson is the only person actually able to hurt her, and clearly she believes it too. They move outside, and Price stalls on the stairs, saying he almost let himself believe what White Rose was saying. Even though he saw them drag away Angela's dead body, when she was talking to Elliot... He felt the power of the promise and wanted to believe. He thinks that's what his daughter felt, the desperation to have her pain removed, her past rewritten. The one thing every person has, regret. You weaponize it and use it against them. You destroy them. But with Angela, it didn't work. She lives on in the lives of the people who love her. And that love fuels their unwavering resolution to turn the tables and destroy you. So you just remember you did this all to yourself.
1: Okay, first of all, That must have been his favorite scene to act.
2: Of course.
1: I think if there was an award for best scene, he would win it. I I don't know.
2: Him getting drunk before that at the table (laughs) was also really
1: good. Yeah, but this was the final like, fuck you moment. Yeah. I only wish, and don't kill me for this, I thought the music was a little too loud. I wanted the music to be subdued a little bit and let price reign over the scene. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Well, finally, Darlene gets a match on the number for White Rose, and Elliot initiates the transfer. He looks at Mr. Robot and says, It happened. Really shocked, almost dumbstruck that the whole thing worked. But it's then White Rose sees the alert on her phone, and Price says, Yeah, we're all broke. I love that. Well, this is great. She says, Where is my fucking money? And he says, Gone. Which is the episode title of the next 410. Gone. Gone.
0: No. I warned you. I told you long ago. I'm a mercenary. I'd rather see you lose than win myself. That can be. Finally, I found a way to pick what's most important to you. No, no. Your project. Your dream of another world. It's as good as dead. Think of it this way, Jane. You didn't lose the game. You just ran out of time. Boom! Final knife.
2: That is the worst thing he could have said to her. And he knows it. As Price walks down the stairs, White Rose shoots him several times in the back, and Elliot looks on from across the
1: street. So do so many people. This was so out of how could she do that? For the first time in a long time, well, for the first time in our time, knowing White Rose, she lost control.
2: Yeah, completely.
1: Which I believe is more like White Rose before she met the one she loved. Because the one she loved was all about time, all about time management, all about control. And she was more of a...
2: Free-spirited, young. but I, I think it also has crippled her. It's kept her stuck within this regimen that she can't even see past. And somebody was finally able to get around that and really take her down. It's quite a moment for Price, even though it also means his death.
0: Good for
1: you, Price. I just wish he laughed while he was dying.
2: Well, Mr. Robot kind of gets the last laugh. He says here, and like that, Rome falls. No more (laughs) deus group. No more top 1% of the 1%. No more controlling every piece of our lives. No more playing God without permission. We took them down, all of them. Now, as we said, we don't think that's really going to be the case. It is a partial victory. I think there's going to be backlash to that. But it's a great winning moment to at least have it.
1: Absolutely. But we have to remember, it's not about White Rose. The main story is about Elliot. So the finality of this whole thing is not taking down White Rose, taking down the machine. It's either becoming aware or finally waking up.
2: We've said that too, though. I don't think there's any way that her machine, her project doesn't tie into that. I think it's absolutely going to be yes. integral to what's going on with
1: Elliot. So it can't really be
2: discounted.
1: And I'm not ready to 100% let go of my thought that Elliot might die.
2: That could be too. Yeah. All of the scenarios we painted earlier, if this doesn't go well, that could be the end result. In our last scene, we see the FBI banging on... White Rose's door, demanding to be let in because they have a warrant. She is upstairs, putting on makeup, as you mentioned, in that white dress, and there are muffled sounds of the FBI bursting through and gunfire downstairs. That's how we end the episode, leaving us still with many questions. Mm. What are Mr. Robot, Magda, and young Elliot talking about in that (laughs) boardroom? The hell is going on? Is White Rose done now? What will happen to her with the FBI? And if so, how will we find out what her project is? Does she really believe it's true? Is it really true? And why didn't Price believe it? So while there was a lot of action and this was exciting, we finally got to see them rob the Deus group and take them down. We still don't have answers to our big questions. We're still left on this cliffhanger, which is great moving forward because we still have four episodes left. Mm -hmm. All that being said, Jason, what is your robot rating for 409 Conflict?
1: I really enjoyed this episode. I felt like it was a finale. The whole time I kept saying, this feels like a finale. And for that, I'm going to go with 9.8. And that's near perfection.
2: Your highest this season.
1: And don't freak out. I would say 9.9, but we got four more episodes. Oh,
2: Jay, that's, that's pretty high. Your highest before that was Proxy Authentication Required, 407, which was the Vera episode. So I totally understand. That was also my highest up until now at a 9.1. So I'm going to give this a 9.3,
1: my highest for the season. Now, you're a professor, and I would hate to be your student.
2: When and if they have the episode that knocks my socks off, I need to be able to go all the way up. As a professor, let's just give a quick note here. Anything above a 5 means there was more good than bad. Hanging around the 7s is about a B, into the upper 8s is an A, and 9 to 10 is like an A+. We haven't really gone below an eight this entire season. So it's a
1: great season. People
2: are like, eight point three? What are you talking about? It's a B plus. It's amazing. And these are getting solid A's for four oh nine. We really enjoyed it.
1: So let's move on to our Clatchers where we ask everyone via Twitter at CKC Podcast, who is your MVH? This week we gave Price, White Rose, Elliot, and Darlene. Coming in with five percent, our poor boy, Elliot.
2: Yeah, our poor boy was actually asleep for the beginning part of this episode. Yeah. He did wake up with the Angelo motivation, which was wonderful. He was able to get back in action with the hack. But he is just coming back to himself. Yeah. And let's get serious. Darlene did 90% of the like work here. Absolutely. Coming in third place with 10% was White Rose. Well, good for you after being a lunatic all episode.
1: <laughs> and second place with 36% is Price. If Price was going to have an episode, this was his episode. And I'm glad he got that many votes. I mean, remember, Price was a bad guy. We hated him. He was,
2: but really working with our good guys now, fighting for the legacy of Angela, offering up his life. He knows he's going to die here. If ever, I thought he would actually win. He did win, in fact. Episode 2 this season, he got 50% in payment required. But yeah, I thought he might do a little better than 36. It's still great. He had a phenomenal end to his story. But coming in first place with 50% is Darlene.
1: Wow, man. She had to think on her feet. It was up to her to get the 99% of people.
2: I've been waiting to get the Darlene episode all season, and this was for sure it.
1: It was her show. So is that your vote too?
2: Yeah, I can just go ahead and say it right now. It's definitely Darlene for me.
1: I'm still back and forth. Darlene Price, Darlene Price. All week, I've been thinking about this. Because Price had such epic things. He said what we wanted to say to White Rose for so long. Oh, I hear that. You ran out of time. You're losing. You're not in control. Ah, but I'm going to go Darlene. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it was really hard for me as well. There were so many moments. He was just being a badass and getting drunk, enjoying White Rose finally getting her comeuppance. But had it been any other episode, he definitely would have taken it. It's just Darlene was amazing.
1: I want to thank all of our Clatchers. We got an astounding amount of votes.
2: Speaking of which, let's see what they had to say about MVH.
1: Kirk comes in with, Price got my vote this week. I shared his delight at watching White Rose panic and squirm. Louis M. as well. Price 100% and 100% means so much more now.
2: Warren says, perfectly shot, perfectly scored. That episode was a strong 10 easily. Initial thoughts were to give it to Darlene for quick thinking with the doxing but then had to give it to Price for the final twist of the blade into White Rose.
1: See, I'm back and forth. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do now.
2: Oh, well, Boo Boo Kitty says I picked Darlene after my first watch. Oh, dear. Now my second go around changing it to Shit! Price.
1: <laughs> Maybe I should have stuck with my Price.
2: Oh, Orin says I wanted to vote for Mr. Robot, but he wasn't on the list. He got the hack going when Elliot needed him. Speaking of time, the clock on White Rose's vanity showed 11.59. Ooh, I missed this. When the FBI breached the front door. Oh, and the return of F society. Thank you, Oren. I didn't know we had an endpoint on that. Ah, here we go. Travis Smith saying, Christina, you got your Darlene MBH. She got in without getting in. She stopped them without touching them. She executed in a new space. She rallied the public to respond. She led the team when the team could have fallen apart. This was her episode.
1: Louis chimed in with, I mean, he ended it with a reference to time. That's the biggest F you that White Rose can get.
2: <laughs> Maurizio says don't mess with a pipsqueak in a hoodie. However, Darlene pulled off an awesome social engineering hack that allowed her to get to the Deus group info she needed. Poor Price, he held out hope when Jang talked about Angela being alive, but he knew better.
1: I don't want to say poor Price, because I feel he ended it with what he really believed in, and I think he's redeemed himself.
2: Yeah, well, let's not forget, even before all of this team-up with F Society, he's been going at it with White Rose for quite some time now. That's true. He just never had the upper hand and the power differential. Maybe sometimes he thought he did. But absolutely, this is a chance for him to redeem himself, maybe the only way that we can look at Price this way, but yet another character to check off our list. Tyrell, Vera, now Price.
1: Don't forget Angela.
2: I mean, people that were bad guys. Oh, I thought you
1: meant died. Okay. Who
2: came over in the very end to the side of good and were able to have a redeeming moment in their death.
1: The Price is right.
2: (laughs) Somebody on Reddit said, and I don't have their name, I'm sorry. I apologize, but I have to say it. This episode was priceless.
1: Oh... (laughs) Nice. What
2: a Jason joke. (laughs) Logical 168 says, I wonder if this machine is nothing to do with other worlds, but simply a human cloning machine. Problem is clones are aging too fast, keep running out of time. This seems off, but still worth a thought.
1: Hmm. Does he think that Baby Yoda's going to show up later?
2: Oh, no. So an Elliot clone. Why would we make an Elliot clone just as a test?
1: We got to remember where he... Test subject? We... Uh, I almost had a spoiler for next episode.
2: Eduardo says, I like the emotions of Darlene, seeing her face happy when she showed Cypress National Bank transferred money and the final moment when Rome fell. <laughs> Kate says, I've never been more terrified of four more episodes of Mr. Robot. This felt way too uplifting and is not an emotion I'm used to, Sam Asmel leaving me with. The fact that this episode feels like such a win lets me know I'm about to be hurt. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, that's yes. true. Also, it was hard to pick between Price and Darlene. They were both my MVH. Darlene for her quick thinking and execution, Price for his gleeful torment and teardown of White Rose. This was a fantastic episode and a great final one for Price.
1: The Clatchers agree with me. And me. Nope. Simultaneously.
2: (laughs) E.H. Mantle says Alpha Elliot was in charge until Darlene came back to NYC. Then he turned into the Elliot we know, also corroborated by the dream sequence when Angela said he was born a month ago. Yep. (laughs) Alpha came out when she told him about Vera. We, the audience, are still a big part of this somehow. And yeah, in our theorizing up top, we've been mentioning us, the audience, a lot. We didn't talk about that there, what role we could be playing in any one of those scenarios. But something we can brainstorm on, let us know what you think.
1: Ron going with Darlene for the win. She brought it all home.
2: Nita as well, saying I voted for Darlene. She was amazing. And beginning of the episode seems to confirm Elliot is an alter. Seems Mm. like it could be if the sleeping person is someone else. Lisa, also going for Darlene. Quick thinking on her feet. Who knows raiding that costume shop would save the hack? It's adding up for Darlene, dear.
1: Christian, for me, it's between Price and Darlene. (laughs) Price did his part by sparring with White Rose. But Darlene was the hardest working, most creative hacker of the week. So she gets my vote.
2: Yeah. Slovenly Muse says, I love the way this season is unfolding. Episodes one to three were all build up to a frustrating degree, but nearly every episode of season four has been payoff and every character is getting their episode to shine. I'm psyched to see what other payoff will come in the last four. And finally, Armando says, it bugs me that Elliot either doesn't know or doesn't care to tell us what White Rose's project is. It's only been the thing that destroyed F society, killed his father, Angela's mom, and Angela herself. Yet he said nothing about it. Maybe the third altar knows more? Or is this a plot hole?
1: That's a good thought, but I really believe, especially considering Elliot's conversation with White Rose, he doesn't know what the machine's for.
2: No, and that's why Price gave him, I don't know if it was a thumb drive, I couldn't really tell what it was, but he said, this has all the information about her project that you need to know
1: in 2015 that thumb drive was a very expensive one see how big it was
2: yeah that's why i couldn't tell if that's what it was
1: (laughs) yeah it's too big okay (laughs) (laughs) thank you clatchers for all the write-ins. that's so amazing the response we got it's a testament to mr robot and how good they're doing and we have a few more comments via facebook and twitter josh m said so do you think that however this ends it might feel kind of anticlimactic Like, this last episode was so amazing to me, but for some reason, it just didn't feel as special as some of the other episodes earlier this season. I think it's almost like they peaked too early with the really epic episodes that were just so beautiful and unique to the point that I'm almost expecting something a little more than just the show ending in the perfect way in terms of storyline, but with a traditional mode of storytelling. I think this is so important, what Josh wrote, because I think uh, Game of Thrones, it was inevitable, Now, I will say they dropped the ball, Game of Thrones, but it was inevitable. Whatever ending they come up with, there's going to be people disappointed.
2: They also peaked too early, though.
1: Yes, they (laughs) did.
2: Just just put it out there.
1: This did feel like a season finale, but it wasn't. You have to keep that in mind. So they didn't have to wrap everything up. But I will say, because of how many years we've been doing this, how much theorizing we've been doing, no matter what the final outcome is, you're going to be like, oh, That's it? Well... That's just human nature.
2: Perhaps. But I think that Esmail has been doing a lot of work throughout the seasons to encourage us to engage, to ask these questions, to Mm -hmm. dig deeper, planting clues. He is basically saying, I am promising you a spectacular ending to this story. Does it have to have this amazing reveal that we didn't see coming? No. Does it have to be wild sci-fi that we never imagined? No. But it has to be spectacular. Yes. He has to finish this up in a way that is A, artsy, because Esmail has been from beginning to end, and B, makes a lot of sense and wraps this up sufficiently. Absolutely. And I don't think that's impossible. I think he can do it.
1: I think so too, but I think inevitably some people will be disappointed. But I think what's important to realize is that it's not about the ending It's about the journey you went through, the theorizing, the years we've gone through with coming up with ideas, what it could be, what it might be. Oh, nope. Okay, so it's not that. But what about this? I think that's more fun to me.
2: I definitely agree with you. And I don't think that was pointless, even if none of them are true. I don't care about that. There is a way you can drop the ball. I think Game of Thrones dropped the ball. Of course, there
1: is a way. Absolutely.
2: And it did ruin my experience in the end, unfortunately. I- I'm still going to look back and say, I'm so glad we did that. I had a ton of fun with Game of Thrones, but I'm never going to think about it the same way mm-hmm. because they didn't stick the landing. And I think Mr. Robot could. There hasn't been a letdown yet this season. It's felt like a return to form to season one. And I think SML has that vision. So I'm hoping that it's not. We had an email from Debbie in regards to two episodes ago with Darlene wiping her phone in her pocket. Mm -hmm. remember we were talking about could that really be done nowadays? She says, I don't think you could do it with an iPhone, but I'm an Android user. And they have three to four pushable buttons depending on what brand. I'm almost positive without looking, they're using Android because you probably can't do all those things with Apple. And there are certain combinations of these buttons that can reset your phone. Okay. So that would make sense. And I think they have been mostly Android users throughout the show, right? There's no
1: Apple. There's no Apple. No, No, no. Okay. With Apple, with the buttons you can hard reset or basically, just it's like clear all the cash, but you can't wipe. Yeah, you just buttons. got the home button, really. No, there's no home button. You still have the home. I button. still have a home yeah, button. I don't. Get out
2: of here! <laughs> it's an iPhone, and it's got a home button.
1: So let's talk about last episode. Tara W wrote into us via Twitter saying, "The museum. There was a reference some time ago to running away and a book from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler." an old YA novel about kids who run away and hide out in the Met. That's definitely what E and A did at Queen's Museum. That's awesome. I love that. She went on to say, so they went there and then hid until it closed. That would explain why it was empty, allowing him easy access to the storage room to hide the key. Okay. Yeah. With the kids, that makes sense. No, because
2: where are the parents? And we know that they're really not very good parents, but so bad that they're waiting in a museum until it closes and then playing and nobody has any idea or care where they
1: are? I don't know. (laughs) But I was going to say it it makes sense then, but not when they're adults.
2: To me, it makes more sense that Elliot could figure out a way to get in there after hours if he needed to, to get back to that key.
1: Yeah, for sure. She went on to say, E used Claudia Kincaid, the girl in the book, as a code name for Angela at one point, if I recall. That's about her rabbit hole. I need to fall back down, I guess. Mm. Wow. Yeah. There's so much to the show.
2: Paul P. says, listening to your podcast, a few things come to mind. First off, I feel like Elliot in terms of not being able to do it alone. I can't figure out all this stuff alone.
1: Yeah, he feels like Elliot. And that's why he has the CKC and all the clutches.
2: <laughs> also, he says the sign. I think that's from the World's Fair, which used to be over by Shea Stadium. My parents told me it was supposed to be the thing of the future with multiple locations. They had visited that one and I believe one in Canada. Also just had another thought. What if that E key opens his mother's lockbox? Boom. (gasps) The safe deposit box.
1: That's right. That's why it was brought up.
2: Oh my goodness. How did we not put that together?
1: But wait, wasn't it emptied? Because she didn't pay for it. It was emptied and thrown out.
2: Yes. Discarded. So maybe, well, maybe wherever it is is what the key goes to. Curious. Because we didn't think it was actually discarded. I mean, that was our theory about it. Yeah. I like that.
0: Hey, guys. It's Lewis. Um Just saw the last episode of Mr. Robot, and it was so dope. I'm going to have to give it the price, man. The way that he, uh, <laughs> the way he told uh, White Rose that uh, he's out of time. It, it was like the nail on the coffin. It was perfect. He knew he was going to die. For sure he knew he was gonna die, but he didn't care. At that point, he didn't care. He called him out of how he manipulates, like, people. Uh, you know, it, it was, it was great. The dialogue was awesome. Darlene kicked ass. It felt a little bit like season one with the hacking stuff, but also with the, like, the squish of season four. I, I think season, five, this is the best season. I think this season is number one, hands down, and then season one, I think. I think this is already surpassing season one. But yeah, it was great. I just hope we see Dom next episode. I hope she's still alive. And I think I think this is like a popular theory that Elliot is, himself is the alter, the, the last alter. My uh, I'm thinking that the last scene or one of the last scenes is gonna be them in that uh, office with Mr. Robot, the mom, and young Elliot. And you either see Elliot walking in as the last alter, and we're like the audience is the real Elliot, sure. or vice versa. Like, well, it, it, it's revealed that we are the, the alter, like the audience, because. You know, we're his friend that he's been talking to all these seasons. Um, it's revealed that we're the altar And uh, Elliot's Elliot. But uh, I think that either either one of those is going to happen. This is running long. Super late for work. You guys are awesome. I'll talk to you guys later.
2: Thank you for calling in. I, I think as far as the altars are concerned, what we talked about that we thought the original Elliot could be the host who is out of the light, because that would make a ton of sense. And this episode seems to lend itself to that, which would mean we still do have the who is the third altar thing. And could we as the audience be the third altar? We had suggested that as a possibility. I think it's going to be a little difficult to figure out how would you play that off? How would you do the reveal? If we are that host personality and kind of just able to sit back as the viewer, especially now thinking about it being a simulation... And so you're, you're looking out of that and there's the real person sitting back there that can't talk or can't say anything. I don't know. That would seem to make a lot of sense, which means we still got to get that third person. I don't know.
1: And I do have a comment on something you said about Elliot, but we'll wait till the spoilers part.
2: And now on to our closer look. We said we would peek inside at the Deus Group members we heard about. Number one was Rusev. This could potentially be Dilma Rousseff, an economist and politician who served as the 36th president of Brazil, holding the position from 2011 until her impeachment and removal from office in 2016. She was the first woman to hold the presidency, previously serving as chief of staff, but was found guilty of breaking budgetary laws. She used bribes to win offshore oil and gas-related contracts, while she chaired the national oil and gas companies. And do you remember there was a bunch of scandals with the Amazon Basin dams, the hydroelectric dams? Mm. That was all under her. It was about these projects, how they would affect the indigenous tribes. People would be displaced. It had environmental concerns. It was a whole long thing. We also heard about Sergey, who could potentially be Sergey Brin. And this is just a guess. I'm not sure. But he's a computer scientist and internet entrepreneur. Together with Larry Page, he co-founded Google. He's the 10th richest person in the world, wow. which makes me think he's a, likely option. he's a likely candidate. Yeah. He has an estimated net worth of $53 billion. Dude,
1: give us like $10 million. You won't even feel it.
2: He's also working on other projects such as investing in alternative energy and introducing a car with artificial intelligence.
1: And then I noticed that White Rose said to Price, don't listen to Mason. He's an idiot or something like that. And I'm just guessing, but I'm thinking that's W.B. Mason, who is in every office, every school. Where I work, we have water jugs. That's W.B. Mason. Yeah, they're our just reams ma- of paper. Yeah, they're <laughs> just making money.
2: So there might have been others, but those were the names that we caught. Also, one final thing, there was an interview done with Michael Christopher, who plays Price at The Hollywood Reporter. He said a ton of things. It was really great. I encourage you to go check out the full article. But one key piece was the last question, where he paints the following picture of the final arc of Mr. Robot. Quote, I said to Sam after we read through all of the scripts and then I finally heard the finale, I think he's managed to do the journey of the hero. Not the Joseph Campbell one, but literally Homer. Mm. It's Ulysses in Odyssey, or Odysseus, if you're talking about the Greek version, which I know. It's the man separated from himself who has to journey to find his way back to himself. I think we've done that with these four years. I think you'll know when you see the last few episodes whether I'm right or not. There are so many parallels to the Odyssey. It's all inadvertent. Sam had no idea what I was talking about. But you imitate it inadvertently because it's so accurate. A classic is something you keep going back to. Although the ending is satisfying, you never quite know how you got there.
1: Wow. And I keep telling you, you have to read the Odyssey. You have to. We have it downstairs.
2: Well, so Greek mythology, if you wanted to come back around to one final topic, and I know that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the hero's journey, but I just love that Christopher phrased it in those terms. And that's going to do it except for our spoiler section.
1: And before we go into our spoiler section, I want to thank Jillian for joining our Patreon this month. Thank you so much. You will be a part of this month's raffle. But before we go to our coffee break episode, which is later this month, when we do our raffles for the CKC gear winners, we have our bonus that we will be recording this weekend. It's a Christmas special. And in those regards, Clatchers, if you're wondering if you're on the fence, should I join Patreon or not? We are going to release on the Mr. Robot channel and on our main channel last year's Christmas bonus episode. And then you can get a feel of what the bonus is like.
2: Also, a big thank you to Brown UJR for your five-star review, praising the fact that we have criticism here. So I love that people are noticing these things that we always thought could be a detriment to our podcast. Yeah. Our theorizing, our gentle, I hope, criticism.
1: Oh, yeah. We never want to chastise creativity.
2: Thank you, guys. And please, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, subscribe and head on over give us a rate and review. That's going to do it for this episode except for our spoiler section. So if you are afraid of that, we will see you next time when we review episode 410. For those of you still here, we know 410 is going to be titled Gone, indicates that the requested resource is no longer available and will not be available again. This is when it's been intentionally removed. And in fact, the resource should be purged. So most cases don't require clients to do that. And instead, you just get a 404, not found. But this is a lot more serious than that. And we did hear reference to gone within the episode. The brief synopsis says, Elliot deals with the fallout from Deus Group. And in the preview, Darlene sees Elliot isn't coming because he's not done. Dom asks Darlene what their plan is. Elliot says he needs to go back to Washington Township. So that's what we've been avoiding talking about all episode long when we keep indicating spoilers. (laughs) He's going to look at that information on the drive, I believe, realize that he's got to do some more digging and go back to the plant. This is where it all started. I think this is where we're going to finally get some answers. And
1: the machine is still there. And now we know Dom is still kicking. Like we thought... If we saw her, she'd be in the hospital, but no, she's standing. I, the, the little bit of a clip yes. we saw, she's standing and she's cool. She's not
2: what's going on with this. Dom's a superhero, maybe? What you said about the machine still being there, though, it worries me a little that the title of the episode is called Gone.
1: Oh, that's true. <laughs> I didn't I think mean, about that.
2: We are thinking about it in terms of the money that we just pulled off from the hack, but don't like to hear that.
1: Yeah, he might show up and it's gone. One thing we did see in this clip, well, two things, is we see Leon. He's in the car. It was very quick. That means that Elliot has brought Leon in, or at least that's what I'm believing, and Leon is on our side, and I'm very excited for that. And another thing is that hallway that we saw in the beginning of this episode, where Mr. Robot is walking to that conference room. Now Elliot is, and he's going to open that door. He's going to walk in. There's Mom, there's Mr. Robot, and there's him as a child, or the child, and we're going to get a lot more answers when he enters. Because if they're still waiting for someone, we know there's another person, thing, or us in play. So that wraps us up for this week. Till next time, this round's on me. This round is on me. (laughs)